This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome back, everyone. This is the second part of our podcast with Kerstin Kimura. Kerstin is a certified macronutrition coach, personal trainer, and women's wellness coach. In this second part, we will discuss the role of physical activity and exercise in weight management. So, Kerstin, what do you think? How important is exercise when someone has a weight loss goal? And what kind of exercise do you recommend? Yes, of course, exercise is important. Um, but I would say that the diet is still the number one when it comes to weight loss and fat loss. But yes, exercise uh, is a great support. And of course, studies also show that those people who do both of these things, they nicely support each other. So if there's somebody who um, is only focusing on a diet but is not exercising, yeah, they can lose weight. But the results are better and also because of the lifestyle change. A lot of times people feel like, okay, I'm more active. I also want to eat better. Or vice versa, you know, I'm eating better now, I, I'm going to move my body more. So it's like a, this nice like a correlation between these two things. But of course, the other part when it comes to exercise is also just energy burn, you know, calorie burn. And then the third one, which is really important, is muscle building. Because exercise, when it's uh, mostly um, resistance training, then it does help you help us to increase our metabolism because we are building muscle. And muscle is really the active tissue that... Um, that we need to be able to increase our basal metabolic rate, which we mentioned uh, previously too. So the rate at which your body burns calories. So um, exercise is very important. And I think people get a lot better results when they do, of course, incorporate exercise too. Now, what kinds of exercise? I am a big fan of resistance training or strength training for muscle building and then walking so walking simply everyday movement also not just necessarily walking but the stuff you do around the house um taking care of the kids running errands all these things add up actually and uh, they're way really good way to gently increase your calorie burn so exercise um, a lot of times i feel like people think that their formal exercise is the biggest game changer right like I have to do like these really hard cross, crossfit workouts. If I just do one a day, I'm good. But actually, what are you doing the, the other 23 hours of your day, right? So that's also really um, important. So staying in motion as much as you can uh, is is really a good way to support your uh, weight loss and, and fat loss efforts. Uh, I agree totally with you. And uh, I just read an article actually today uh, about Finnish people and how much they sit in a in a day or how much they they uh, move around. So it's like an, on average, a Finnish person sits. Uh, it was nine hours and 17 minutes and stands for, I think, an hour and 45 minutes. So all in all, we stay put for more than 11 hours of the time that we are awake. Of course, it's an average. But still, it gives some information. So, uh, when somebody comes to be your client, how do you? You probably ask about their activity levels. So, uh, do you measure it in some way, or or do people report to you, or how how do you do that? Yeah. So, I call something. Uh, I use something called the activity factor. 
So this is uh, determined by what they tell me, how they exercise. So let's say that somebody says that they are doing three one-hour strength workouts a week, plus then I also ask about their steps, how many steps they get per day. If they don't know, then I just have them track for a week and see. And then, uh, you know, their activity factor is a certain number, right? And so when there's somebody, and I've had people like that who do like seven workouts a week, uh, very intense, then they, of course, have a different activity factor. So it's very important for me to know exactly how they work out so that I can get the activity factor right. Because if, the, if this factor is not right, then we don't know how we can increase or decrease um, their calories. So what do you think, what is the current status of using different activity tracking technology in nutrition coaching at the moment? Yeah, I think these are all very useful tools. And I think uh, they can give people a lot of insight about like how, how much to actually move. Like you said too, you know, most people, they're sitting, not most, but on average, people are sitting 11 hours a day. And I, I don't think people would realize it unless they actually tracked it or looked at it. And unless their, their watch or whatever device they use told them that, because they would be like, I'm, I'm not too bad. You know, it's not too bad. And then when they see that number in front of them, they're like, oh my goodness, this is like half of my day, basically, uh, that I'm not using or moving. So I think um, it's very valuable. It's also important for people to understand that they need to get up and move. And it's important to have some kind of goal. So I recommend most of the people, depending on their starting point, like try to take this many steps every day. And it depends on a person. You know, I've had a person who she said she's literally taking maybe 2,000 steps a day only 2,000 steps a day. And then with her, I'm not going to tell them to start walking 15,000 the next day, but I will ask them to get their steps to five or 6,000. And so now if they use a um, activity tracker, uh, then they're way higher motivated. They have like a target in mind. Okay, I'm going to actually hit that number. And then they're more likely to get out and actually get the, get the work done, so to speak. And then, of course, when there's somebody who is already at higher steps, um, even they, you know, they may still need to increase, even if they're taking 8,000, but they want to do better for their health, then I may ask them to do, you know, take 10,000 steps. And again, activity factors or activity trackers um, are really, really useful tools for that. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of times when people, you know, it's late at night, they're like, oh my goodness, I haven't moved at all, but they wouldn't realize it again unless they didn't look at the tracker. So that's like a nice nice reminder for people to to use them. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually done some uh, tracking myself for myself also, and I've had uh, quite surprising results. It's been two times. Uh, uh, first, I'm a physical therapist, and uh, quite many people think that our work is really active. Uh, so I tried, <laughs> I tried it and um, I was quite surprised. I only took around, um, I think it was around 4,000 steps during my working day, which I thought would be much more. And I'm, my working day was quite passive. There's a lot of like consulting with people, talking with people. I do stand up quite a lot. So it's not like sitting, you know, uh, prolonged times. That's not the problem, but it's not overly active also. So um, do we fit and healthy? I do need to uh, have more exercise. And another period of my time was uh, when my child was a baby. And I thought that I have all the time to exercise. Uh, and I really thought my life is very active. But when I checked it, then it seemed I did um, work out every day almost. 
but the rest of the time I was watching TV and series and stuff. And so, so I was, I was surprised how passive it really was. So yes, even, even if you're kind of in the industry and know it's when you have yourself checked, uh, it can be quite full of surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, especially when you said you did work out every day, almost every day, right? But the, the other movement was, was on the lower side. Um, actually, <clears throat> just to you know, share some numbers. So our daily energy expenditure, a lot of people think that exercise is the, is the main thing, right? But actually, there are like three biggest calorie burners when we think about like how much we burn in a day. So there's the BMR, the basal metabolic rate, and then there's the um, the what we call NEAT, which is the non-exercise associated thermogenesis. That's basically the calorie burn that happens. Like that is not your formal exercise, but the movement that we just talked about. And then there's the last one, which is exercise, right? And so now the percentages are, are about seventy percent of our daily calorie burn is our basal metabolic rate, right? And then to get that higher so that our body burns calories, even when we are at rest, we have to have good amounts of muscle tissue, right? So strength training really helps with that. So you can chill a little bit more. You don't have to like run all the time. If you have enough muscle on the body, then it will kind of do the job for you, right? So that's 70%. That's the biggest dial mover. And that's why I'm really, you know, telling people to pick up some weights, right? And then the second part is the the walking and the running errands and all that. That's about 20% of our, of our daily calorie burn. And then exercise, formal exercise is only about 10%. And so I think this is where people get it wrong. Like, oh, I did my workout, but that's also a really tiny part of what you're doing to do other things too. Yeah, it's a good point. And then now we come to, the, uh, to one other misunderstanding that I've sometimes... I'm not a nutritionist, so but of course when I talk to clients, I see that uh, I think some people kind of um, uh, they people sometimes don't really uh, see what's the difference between weight loss and fat loss. Uh, so do you see that, or do you, for example, see sometimes women, especially maybe being afraid of uh, gaining some muscle? Do you have any comments on that? Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of comments. <laughs> yes, uh, these are definitely two, um, they're different things. They're not always the same thing. Of course, when you do lose body fat, also your, your weight probably goes down. And especially when we talk about a person who is overweight, who is obese, has some extra weight on them. Yes, they lose body fat and then they also uh, lose weight. But I am not a fan of this super high focus on the scale weight only. And uh, I am way bigger fan of if we want to see body composition change, is the composition actually changing? So the composition means like fat tissue versus muscle tissue. So it can totally happen that your weight on the scale stays the same. And then you're able to just have this nice switch or this like... um, change in your body composition and how it happens is that when you start eating higher protein which we talked about and when you start lifting uh weights so you can definitely have a nice body composition change and actually i've actually had a couple of clients um one uh, particularly comes to mind right now who when she started with me she was by no means overweight she she's she's pretty skinny right so she was running six days a week and she loves running and i was like cool let's keep you running but let's also add some weightlifting, right and so she started out at 130 pounds, and then she started three strength training, three, three 
uh, strength sessions in addition to three running sessions. And then she gained two pounds and she looked completely different. So you could see like a lot more muscle definition. You see like her abdominals kind of popping out more. You see some like shoulder definition. Posture was a good, big one, by the way. You can see that the forward head was way less because she was working her back now. So she pulled the upper back muscles back and down. And so now she had better posture. So she looked completely different. And um, the other example is actually uh, my own personal experience. So I shared this uh, on social media. So I had like two side-by-side pictures of myself. And then I had literally lost... In the second one, I had lost like one, I think it was like 680 grams. I did the calculation, 680 grams, I think one and a half pounds, which is very little. And a lot of people would be like, oh, so disappointed, right? Because I didn't lose enough fat. But then you see like the, the difference is, is big, right? I was like a lot leaner on that second picture. Uh, but people would think, and I asked, what do you think how much weight I lost? Oh, five kilograms, 10 pounds. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I didn't lose that much at all. So it's, it's yeah, they are um, two things. They sometimes correlate, but not actually even always. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behavior change in sedentary behavior and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards, and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibian provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian. From researchers to researchers. Yes, definitely. And I think um, also it's important to talk about the muscle gain when we talk about a bit older people, um, because muscle uh, muscle mass is very important to to kind of maintain your performance of uh, daily living. So I guess uh, strength training overall is important just to emphasize it even even more mm-hmm. yes you're um, right especially yeah like you said when it comes to older people and i find especially with like menopausal women too because osteoporosis starts to happen right so so we want to strengthen the bone and the bone you know and muscle they're attached right so you when you strengthen the muscle you also strengthen um, the bone and muscle is your tissue of longevity to be honest so as uh, in nutrition uh, when you analyze people's what they eat and what's the eating, what are the eating habits? Uh, are there any nu- nutrients that uh, we are usually not getting enough? Um, of course, I know it's just like an average, but it tends to be, I guess, that you see the same patterns uh, going on. So, is there something you would like to comment on that? Mm, do you mean in terms of macronutrition, like macronutrients? Macro and vitamins, maybe fiber, like, yeah. 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 So, yeah, protein is the first one that comes to mind naturally <laughs> um, because uh, people, you have to put some effort into it. If you just don't, if you don't pay attention to protein, most people would under eat that. So, protein, uh, as far as macros, comes to mind first. Um, when it comes down to fiber, yes, I would say 
it's probably a little bit less of an issue, but it's still. So what we recommend is about 25 grams of fiber per day. And again, that's one of these things. If you don't pay attention, it's so easy to be like, you know, around 15 or so. Um, and then that's, but fiber is really important for like good bowel movements and staying fuller longer. And all, of course, the vitamins that we get from fruits and vegetables, which is the main source of fiber, right? Uh, so these are things that I see. And also I have to mention um, my personal um, kind of opinion is that meat, like women in general, tend to be very afraid of meat. And when it comes, especially uh, red meat, there's this stigma around like red meat is bad, it's bad for the planet. And my take is that it's very nutrient dense food. And if it's sourced in the right way, ethically, then there is nothing wrong with that, right? And uh, a lot of times when people start eating more red meat, they get their iron, they get their copper, they get, you know, organ meat is the next step, which I know a lot of people in America don't do, but like me growing up as an Estonian, like no issues. Yeah, I, I'll eat the liver. Um, so if you eat red meat and even organ meats, you really boost your energy. You get your B vitamins, which is one of the, like people tend to be low on that, especially those who avoid meat. Um, so I would say I would encourage people to find like good sources of meat and have red meat and have it, you know, at least a few times, um, a week to, and you notice the difference in your energy, uh, in your workout recovery. So I would really encourage people to have more of that. And then of course I, I'm not doing any testing for people, so I cannot do that, but, um, pretty common vitamin deficiencies tend to be, of course, vitamin D. Um, then C, C is sometimes lower. And I think magnesium is one of the uh, minerals that most women should take because this is the mineral that gets depleted first when we are under stress. And I think most people are under stress. So I would say these, uh, these, what did I mention for now? B, D, C, and then uh, magnesium. Okay. Uh, so uh, just to come back, I, we were mainly talking about uh, people who uh, maybe exercise a little bit too little and uh, tend to have a sedentary behavior. But uh, do you think like tracking somebody's um, steps or activity would be beneficial for those people who have the opposite problem? So they they might, um, you know, could you see it uh, beneficial for for people who have too much exercise, too few calories, or it, do you see any obstacles with these uh, groups of people? Yeah, that's, I, I love that question. Honestly, <laughs> I've seen some people who get very obsessed with movement too, very obsessed. And this is exactly kind of the group of people you described. They are all already naturally over-exercising a lot. And then they may have cause themselves some serious hormonal issues so I have worked in the past with a lot of women who have lost their menstrual cycle because they were so and I was one of them they were so overtrained and then um, one of the things that we do is that we take out the running because a lot of them like run a lot and do like in general a lot of cardio training because that's that they think this is the calorie burner and then we're like okay we have to like get your body out from that stressed out stress uh, place right and then let's sw switch that to walking, right? So just for time being, when your body is healing and recovering, and then some people do uh, turn this into another obsession. And so now they're walking four hours a day, <laughs> right? And then I've, I've had people who I'm, I'm like, you have to cut back because 
even if it's like a gentle way of moving your body, it still adds to your daily calorie count. And if you are somebody who actually needs to put on weight because your hormonal system is like so done and you're exhausted, fatigued, but now you're walking four hours a day, then we gotta we gotta cut that down. And um, it's very hard for them. It's it's actually it's some kind of like deeper issue that needs to be solved there because then we just replace one thing with another thing, and that still remains obsessive. Um, so yes, I've um, I've had client. I remember one again uh, specifically who we had to work hard to get her steps down from twenty thousand. And you know, for some people, this might be like cool and great. You know, maybe on a day when you take a longer hike, this is what you hit. But she was like every single day, and she couldn't let go of that. And I was telling her that this is counterproductive to what we're trying to do here. So yes, uh, telling them to. Uh, you know, cut your step uh, steps down to maybe fifteen thousand, which I know for mo- most people is like, oh, that's a lot of steps. But yes, you're, you're totally right. Like you can use the tracker that way too, and it's sort of like a you know like a weight loss um, in that you know a lot of people. Let's say that we have a typical person who is overeating and eating a lot of highly processed foods and is overweight because of the overconsumption of calories, right? So they use a tracker like MyFitnessPal to take their calories down. But then on the other hand, we also have people who are severely under eating that 1200 calorie person that we talked about earlier. So they need a tracker to increase. So it's, you know, those trackers, fitness trackers, food trackers, you can use them all kinds of ways. And I think they're very, very helpful. Okay. So just, um, I would also like to talk about your own program, Holistic Macros. So would you like to tell the listeners what is this all about? Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. So holistic macros, first of all, it's spelled with W-H-O-L-E. So it's whole, which, you know, everyone knows what that means. Uh, So holistic because, uh, yes, macronutrition is very cool. It's a great tool um, to help people to achieve their best body composition. But it's not only about body composition. And so uh, I want to make sure that my clients also have healthy hormones um, that they are sleeping well, that their mindset is strong, that they don't get, you know, caught up in like obsessive thoughts or whatever. It's just like a holistic idea of of nutrition. And it's funny, like how this name actually came to be. So I, I love that name, and I didn't come up with it, but but I want to share the story how it happened. So uh, I was at a mastermind, so I am in a business mastermind group, and then we had our meeting in Austin, Texas, and so we were sitting. At a table so there's like me and then uh, three other girls from our group and then our mentor asked us so if you had to describe how your approach is different in what everybody else is doing how are you describing it and so I was describing yes you know I want to make sure people have healthy hormones and that they get their periods and that they eat mostly healthy and, and that they are like you know gentle with themselves don't beat themselves up it's like it's like bigger thing that's just only macros and this one girl at a table she like wrote two words on a piece of paper and she showed it to me and she's like, holistic macros, this is what you're doing. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so genius because I think a lot of coaches do, and this is not to throw anybody like under the bus, but I'm just saying that a lot of coaches do focus only on, okay, let's get your macro site, boom, 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 right? Every single call, this is how you t- what you talk, how much protein you get, how many carbs you got. But I'm also like, hey, are you sleeping? Hey, like, are you, uh, you know, are you recovering? Instead of like, you got to get your butt to the gym, right? Uh, I'm like, are you ready for it? How's your body recovering? So I'm like taking like a bigger approach and making sure that the person stays healthy overall, because I've been through a bad burnout myself and I don't want anybody to experience that. 
I, I think that's that's great. And um, so if somebody would like to contact you, where where can people find you? And uh, another question also for our, our Finnish uh, listeners, can people approach you in Finnish also? <laughs> yes, yes, you can approach me in Finnish. Um, I've had a client from Finland also, actually two of them. And uh, you can find me at my website, which is urbanjane.co. So make sure you don't put com there, it's co. And then on Instagram, it's my first and last name spelled together. So these are probably the best places to find me. And I do also have a YouTube channel and a podcast, which is called Balanced Vibes. And you can find that everywhere, except for Spotify, unfortunately, at this point. But everywhere else, uh, all the major podcast platforms, you can find that as well. I know you have almost a hundred episodes on the uh, on your podcast, so I encourage everybody to listen, and we will uh, put your information into the info of this podcast. Yeah, thank you. So, Kirsten, I would really like to thank you uh, for being here. I really enjoyed our chat. So, yes, thank you so much yeah. for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.